Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful, but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Stephanie Scheller. She is the impact authority. Now, after studying human psychology for more than a decade and building her business from scratch to walk away from her job in less than five months, she has worked with more than 2,500 companies and is dedicated to helping small business owners like you, Startup Nation, understand how to create their greatest impact. Now, using the violin, I said it, the violin to tap into the human subconscious, Stephanie breaks down the psychology behind sales, marketing, and people management to simplify implementation and accelerate growth. Did you know you can use the violin to do that? I sure didn't. She's probably going to sample it today on the show, so listen up. Now, she is a TEDx speaker, a two-time best-selling author, an award-winning entrepreneur, and the founder of Grow Disrupt, a company that designs and produces application-focused educational and inspirational events for small business owners. In her downtime, you'll find Stephanie playing on the violin out in the Texas Hill Country with her horse or in the garage, painting endlessly. Please join me in welcoming Miss Stephanie Scheller to the show. You can find, out, find her at thestephaniescheller.com, thestephaniescheller.com. Stephanie, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and take 30 seconds, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh my gosh, I'm super excited to be here. It feels kind of surreal because I've been listening to your podcast quite a bit. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I'm actually on the podcast. This is so cool. Um, <clears throat> fill in the gaps. I don't know that there are tons of gaps. I mean, other than how I got to the first 100K, I was raised, um, my parents raised me on the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books, um, which as a kid in high school, when all of my friends are like going out on Friday evening to hang out and my parents are making all seven of us kids sit at home while dad reads us the next chapter of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it was not my favorite thing. <laughs> Um, I can't imagine any kid being super excited about that, but when I got through, I mean, it, it sparked a fire in me to be an entrepreneur, to grow my own business, to have some control of my own destiny and not be an employee. And so I think it was key to poising me to be willing to take that plunge. Cause it is kind of a big leap to go into entrepreneurship. And, um, we may talk, or we may not talk a whole ton about what prompted me to take that leap and where I got into that and that whole story. Um, but it was, uh, it was definitely a huge piece of what convinced me that I wanted to do this and kept me going and kept me focused on building a business and getting past that first 100 K and then, uh, and then growing from there. So. That's awesome. Take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Oh, um, 
Dang it. I was going to go with my other, my other go-to, which is, um, I'm a second degree black belt, which not many people know. Um, cause we, okay. 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 <laughs> okay. So you're a second degree black belt with a violin. Yes. All right. So you have a weapon and you're a black belt. You are a weapon. <laughs> okay. I have respect for you. Go for it. All right. So tell us more about that black belt. The black belt. Well, so um, I got, I always wanted to do martial arts. My siblings did martial arts when I was in high school. My mom always had this rule, like you get one hobby because she wanted us to really focus. Right. And I had the horse, so she Smart. wouldn't let me do martial arts. She's like, no, you either get, sell the horse if you want to do martial arts. And I was like, well, I'm not selling the horse. Like, no. So I waited and can waited. I, and- can I teach the horse to do martial arts? Right. Mom? Like, can I just on horseback be doing punches? Like, <laughs> sounds like a lot more fun. Um, my horse would have killed me. Um, he was always very skittish. Yeah, horses have a good, great high kick. So, oh yes, <laughs> I, I could never beat that. All right, I totally threw you off there. All right, let's get into the show here. <laughs> All right, so Stephanie, um, like, take us through this. Right, you you start this company. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was Grow Disrupt, right? And yeah. how long did it take you to hit a hundred thousand dollars in revenue in that business? And then, like, walk us through that that story. How did you actually do it to go from zero to over a hundred k? Yeah. So the, the short, short version of this, and then you can point me into which parts you want to dig into. We crossed a hundred thousand dollars in 12 months, by the 18 month mark. So um, long, long, long story short stuff was not going well at the company I was working for as an employee. I graduated college, got this job um, in sales for a company selling advertising and marketing. Things were not going well for them. They were taking it out on the employees. I was not happy. Um, my mom actually was the one who offered. She said, why don't you go to California with me? I'm going to this event to learn how to run a sales training business. I said, okay, sounds great. Um, mostly because I was just that mad at the company I was working for. <laughs> and uh, started a sales training company. And it, it actually, so it, it was Grow Disrupt in that it's the same company. It's the same like LLC. Um, but the company branding and mission has, has shifted because originally it was just sales training and it was sales mm-hmm. training for anyone who wanted it. Um, within five months of starting that business, I walked away from my corporate. I made more money part-time than I did full-time. So I said, mm-hmm. sayonara, walked away. That was when the next, the next 12 months was where we hit our first 100K because I was full-time in the business. Let's pause you right there for a moment. Um, take us to that first five months. Like you said, you replaced your corporate income in five yeah. months with your side business. How did you land those clients to do that? Because I have so many listeners right now that are in that exact space. And, yeah. and they don't know how to do it. They don't know why the side business isn't going the way they thought it was. It's dragging on for a year now. It's going on two years. They still haven't been able to leave that corporate nine to five. They're like, I hear stories like Stephanie's Joseph, and she makes it sound so easy. Why is it not working for me? Is there something wrong with me as an entrepreneur? So yeah. speak to them. How did you do it? So that's the part I was hoping we'd kind of dig into because that was probably the hardest part. And it's I've had a lot of conversations with people who, and it's not everyone, but the one thing I want to say is we no longer live in a world of build it and they will come. It doesn't matter how good your quality is for your product, your service, your whatever it is you're selling. You can have the most unique, coolest invention on the planet. Just because you have it doesn't mean you're going to get sales. Like it's not going to happen that way. You have to go out. And because I was a sales trainer, I think it was a little bit easier for me because I had to practice what I preach. Um, And so I was doing a lot of sales activity and I'll give you an idea. When I say a lot of sales activity, 
my morning would start around five and I would wake up, I'd be out the door, breakfast, dressed, all that stuff out the door by six, get to the, get to work, park in the parking lot about 6.30, 6.30 to 8.30, I would be prospecting on LinkedIn. I'd be prospecting on Google. I would be reaching out to all of these different people. 12 o'clock hit. So 8.30, 8, 20, 20, I would get out of my car, walk into the building. 12 o'clock hit, I walked out, I walked to my car, I scarfed down a little packet of tuna, like I, I would do those, um, those sun-kissed hickory smoked tunas that I just, that was every, every lunch was that and a bell pepper, like didn't want to think about this. And I would make calls and I would prospect 12 o'clock to 12.50, walk back upstairs, work till five o'clock, come back downstairs, sit in my car till six o'clock and prospect and call again, drive home six to 6.30, 6.30 to seven, changing, grabbing dinner, seven to 11, prospecting and then 11 to five back to bed, five o'clock, wake up, do it again. And then on the weekends, I would spend anywhere from six to eight hours um, doing social media content creation for the week, um, pulling together lists of people to cold call. Um, so, cause I mean, I was, I was literally straight up cold calling, um, which I know a lot of people hate and I'm like, I, it worked, right? That was all I knew to do at the time was cold call. And all I was doing was calling and saying, Hey, I'm a sales trainer in San Antonio. I'd love to come out and do a free training for your, for your sales team. And I uh, would make uh, about 25 calls before I would get a hold of somebody out of those people. Every, every four or five people I would talk to would be interested in having me come out and do a training. And I remember the most demoralizing part. And I think the part where people start falling off the very first sales training that I got, I speak to the guy at the construction crew and I say, Hey, I'd love to come out and train your team. He goes, Oh, I'd love to have you. He goes, but are you sure? I mean, you're going to come to our office. And I'm like, of course, absolutely. This is what I do. I'd love to come to your office. Hint, I should have checked where the heck this office was before I <laughs> promised to come to this office. We set up the training I'm preparing, I'm preparing. And of course I'm having to use all of my vacation days. I'm having to use all, like anytime I got a sales training booked or I wanted to go to a networking event, I had to use vacation and paid time off. Um, so I'm burning through all of my vacation, my paid time off. Um, and so this very first sales training, I, I go to prepare for it the night before I put it into the system and it was four hours away. And I had this moment of, oh my God, am I seriously gonna, I'm gonna have to take a whole day off from work. Mm. to drive up there, present, drive back for a free training. Mm -hmm. How did I call someone who's like four hours away? I thought I was only calling San Antonio people. But I said, you know, I mean, like, I was like, I'm committed. I'm doing this thing. I needed to get away from this job. I'd had a whole uh, blowout with my boss where I, at one point I looked at him and I said, I'll be gone by October. And I was going to be gone by October. So I had to do this. So I drive up there. I get, I spent I had a good two weeks to prep the presentation. I spent two weeks prepping, practicing, prepping, practicing. I get up there. I deliver the worst presentation ever. I finished an hour long presentation in like 17 minutes. I talked so fast. I covered uh. so much. These poor construction guys are sitting on the couch giving me just like blank straight stares. And then I made the biggest mistake. And I said, does anyone have any questions? And the owner of the company then used that opportunity to try and get me to beat up his team for him and was like, so don't you think that when someone's doing a close, you should just shut up. And I was like, uh, well, uh, like he's trying to like rail his team 
through me. And it was the most awkward thing. And of course I get in the car. Um, I was supposed to do a sales pitch afterwards to the owner, right? Cause he was, the idea was I do the free training. And then I talked to the owner about buying the online course for his people. Um, as soon as we finished the training, the owner disappears. Can't find him. He's just like straight up gone. His assistant's like, oh, he got called on a meeting. And I'm like, <laughs> so I just delivered a terrible presentation. I got railroaded. I didn't get to do the pitch. And now I have to drive home for four hours stewing. And the reason I tell this story is because we all have a moment like this as we're building our business where everything has just gone wrong and you did your best to prep for it. And frankly, it just still went wrong. And the smartest thing that I did in that moment was reach out to one of my mentors as I was driving home. Now, I will admit it took me about an hour to stop, you know, pouting. Um, But I reached out to my mentor and we spent the next hour dissecting what worked, what didn't work and learning from it. Hmm. So the next presentation I gave the next week, I got my first sale. And then the presentation after that, I got my second sale. And then the presentation after that, I got five sales. And so it started to grow from there. But we reached this moment, right? That was a terrible, terrible presentation. I'd been cold calling for two months at this point to get the one presentation. Mm. And to get to that and to have this absolutely crushing moment it would have been very easy at that moment to say, well, this system isn't working. This structure isn't working. I'm just going to redo this. And I actually had someone who I shared my system with them. They went off ran, they hit that, that hiccup and they threw their hands. They said, well, I'm done. I'm done. I just, this is, this clearly isn't working. And they went off to go find someone else's system to follow. And I said, I mean, that's cool, but you forgot the part where I had the huge crash and burn too. And you got to find a way through it. Um, the other really important thing, I think, one, every dollar that came in, I set it aside, right? So I was not spending any of the money. I wanted uh, every dollar that came in because I wanted to have a little bit of a cushion in case things fell apart, which was really smart because I'm sitting at my like goodbye party, getting text messages from clients saying they're going to have to cancel because one of them's husband was moving out of the country. And so she was happy to put her business on hold. Another one's dad just passed away. And now she's going to have to take over care of her two younger brothers. And like, I'm losing, I'm sitting at my like goodbye party about to lose my income and watching my business income disappear too. And I'm like trying not to panic and trying not to freak out and trying not to show everyone. And because I'd set aside the money, I was able to make it through the next couple months while I rebuilt that income back up. But it was, it was tough. It was very tough. Startup Nation, I hope you're taking notes right now because Stephanie is giving you so much insight into what it actually looks like. Uh, to cross the 100K mark. And unless you have some fancy, uh, you know, revolutionary new technology that people just can't keep their hands off of, uh, if you're in a a coaching practice, a a service business of any sort, um, or a product that looks like a lot of other people's products in the market, this is what it looks like to get past 100K. It looks like work. It looks like finding time, creating time within or around your other priorities in your life, or in her case, around her nine to five uh, income. And the way you described it, Stephanie, I mean, just your your day-to-day routine, going to work and then doing sales calls in your car at your place of business, it sounds daunting. Yeah. And yet you have this drive in you this fire, this fuel in you, which I guess uh, was instilled by mom and dad. Uh, Somehow they sound very entrepreneurial um, and go-getters. And you just had that in you. What do you say for my listener that 
says, wow, Stephanie, good for you. High five. I don't have that. There's no way I'm a single mom. I'm raising these kids. Uh, where am I going to squeeze in, you know, time to go make prospect calls and build my business? What do you say to, to her or him or him? Right. Um, so he, I had someone tell me the other day, they said, Stephanie, you're really good at tough love. So I'm going to give you a little bit of tough love here. Um, because quite frankly, I didn't have time for that stuff either. I had a full life prior to that moment. And sometimes you have to reach a moment of being absolutely broken before you're willing to make the commitments you have to make and move things. And when I started the business, one of the first conversations I had was with my boyfriend at the time, now my husband. Um, but I said, hey, I'm starting a business. And uh, what that's gonna mean for you is no more evening bike rides, no more trips to, you know, no more weekend trips, like all of these things we do they're on hold now. I'm, it's not happening. Um, and if that doesn't work for you now would be a good time to walk away from like to, to, to drop this. And this has to happen for me. I have to get away from this job. It's toxic. It's killing me. And they've proven they're not going to take care of me. And so I went through and I pulled out, there's, there's always optional stuff in life. There's always things that are, that are taking up time that don't have to be the, Question is, what do you want more? Because when you have two goals that are pulling you in two opposite directions, the one that you care more about is always going to win. And, you know, using the, the parental perspective, I've spoken with a lot of people who care more about being there for their kids than they care about making that money and getting away. And either you have to sit down and get some clarity on why the business matters. I, I remember one woman I spoke with and we were walking through an exercise and we get to the end of it. And it was basically, why do you care about building this business? Why do you care? Why do you care? Like trying to dig into the root of it. And we get to the end and, and she just starts crying. And she goes, I've just realized, you know, Stephanie, I'm a, I'm a black woman growing up in the South of, you know, in the South, I have two black boys. If I don't show them that they can build a business, that they, that they can be successful, that they can do this, I could find them dead on the street somewhere. And so for her, that was the shift where she was like, okay, yes, my kids are the most important thing to me. And that's why I have to build this business. Um, and the other thing I always tell people at that point is it's a short-term focus. Like you don't have to spend the net, you don't have to dedicate the next endless time to this. My goal, I, when I started the business, I said, I'm going to be away from my full-time job by October. Like that is, that was May. I said, I will be gone by October, right? I was very public about it. I yelled that at my boss. Um, so very public about that. Um, and so there was no going back for me with that. And then even when I left the job, I told, and the, and the, the second half of that conversation I had with my boyfriend was, if I can't make this business work within three years to where we can start doing that stuff again, I will shut it down and I'll go get a job. And so it gave me a deadline to get to where the business was running itself and not requiring 60, 70, 80, 90, hundred hours from me. Um, but my short answer is you're going to have to decide what matters most to you. And then you're going to have to move stuff out off your plate, out of your plate, out of your way to create space for this, because you're not going to build a business by wishing and thinking and hoping, and you're not going to make your first hundred K with great ideas. Preach, preach girl. <laughs> All right. There you have it. Startup nation. 
finally, my guests give some tough love, so I don't have to. It's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. All right, Stephanie, um, you, you laid down some hard truth there, uh, yeah. but it's, it's real. And I think the best advice, uh, Startup Nation, is take time, step back, assess, ask the questions, get clear. What do you actually want more? What matters mm-hmm. most to you? Um, get clear on that answer. And then whichever way you decide, at least be certain about it. Yeah. Don't be, be, own it. D- yeah. Own it. Don't get pulled anymore in two directions, right? That just so doesn't hard. work either way. So Stephanie, uh, I'm going to ask you, what are your top three tips and strategies for Startup Nation, uh, wherever they are in their business, whatever type of business they're in, uh, yeah. for them to cross the six-figure mark like you did? I believe you did uh, over $350,000 last year in revenue. Congratulations. That's a huge achievement. Yeah. Um, you're on track to almost double that this year. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So Startup Nation, you're getting it right from the source here. Right from Stephanie, the source, yeah. What are your top three tips and strategies? My top three tips and strategies. So I will, I'll give them you, I'll give you the overview and then I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a dig in the, the most important one that I think I can give, um, is you have to find your sales style. Um, number two would be stop marketing. I'll explain that one again in a second. And number three would be stop trying to do it all yourself. So number one, find your sales style. This is really, really key. And where I think a lot of people end up, um, missing the boat because, they sit here and they try and follow someone else's sales process. They try and use someone else's sales scripts, sales agendas, everything. There's something really valuable in understanding what makes you really tick. And I'll, this is where I'll bring in the violin here because I want to really drive this point home because I think if they remember nothing else out of this, this is the important one. When I'm playing the violin, I have a couple of options for how I'm gonna play a song. So using this one in particular, this is called the Swallowtail Jig. I have a couple different ways I can play it depending on my personality, right? I can go. Right? Or I can play it a little bit faster, a little bit more jig style. Right now they both work. They're both pretty versions of the song, but that's up to me to decide how I want to play it. Technically they're both, well, they're both mostly accurate, right? Both of them would, would stand as ways to play the jig, but it depends on my personality as the violinist, as the fiddler to decide how I want that song to show up. And that is key because as a violinist, I can pick any song I want, but there's a lot of decisions I have to make on how that song is going to sound. You can do the same thing with your sales, but you've got to make decisions on how you want your sales to show up and stop trying. I've had people offer me thousands of dollars for copies of my sales scripts and my sales, you know, documents and all of this stuff because they're like, well, Stephanie, if, if you give me this, then I can do what you did. And I said, no, you can't because my sales script works for me. My sales process works for me. Let me tell you what I did. Why don't you get the same information from three other people and then create your version that works for your personality, that draws your people in. So how are you going to play your song? And if you can't get to that clarity, you're not going to make it to 100K because you have to be involved in the sales side of it. Two, um, I think way too often, unless, and the only caveat I have to this number two is stop marketing is if you have funding, like to actually do a real solid brand and real solid marketing. I'm talking for like the bootstrappers, stop wasting your time on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all of these things that you think are driving. Like if you're trying to get your first hundred K focus on sales, 
like get some actual sales in the door and stop spending 12 hours a week trying to figure out how to generate leads off of Facebook that are going to take six months to convert because they have to warm up to your brand. Like this is where I see people screw up the most. Um, and what I will say is I know people were like, but Stephanie, you were on LinkedIn. Yes, I was using LinkedIn. I did mention that. Um, but I was using LinkedIn as a sales strategy where I was doing active outreach to people, not posting content and content and content and content, which is where I see people fall into this. I'm going to market my way to success thing. You can't, right? And there's too much emphasis put on marketing. And I know people who look at my, go to that website, they're like, all she talks about is marketing. I know. And I'm also the person who knows marketing and is telling you to stop getting sucked into the marketing trap to get past your 100K. And then number three is stop trying to do it all yourself. And this one was, uh, I kept promising myself that I was going to hire somebody once I crossed 10K a month in revenue, right? I was like, until I cross 10K a month in revenue, I can't afford to hire somebody, right? And fortunately, my coach at one point came to me and he goes, uh, this was, this was January after I'd left my job. Right. And I was right around the, I was, I was at the 85, nine, 92, 95, 83, nine. Like it was just, it was frustrating. It was, it was November, December, January. I'd been right there. And my coach goes, Stephanie, maybe you need to hire someone to get past that mark. And so it was very cool because the, the month I hired that person, they didn't, they started, uh, I think on the 7th or the 8th. The month I hired them, I just spurted past the 100K. You've got to take the stuff off your plate that is sucking your energy and draining you and give yourself space to focus on the things you're really good at and you absolutely love doing. So those would be my three tips. What did it free you up to do um, that was your zone of genius when you hired that person? My zone of genius is, is my two zones of genius are sales and marketing. I am really fantastic at, marketing and I get creative and I have a blast with that. And I'm also really good at sales. I can close, I can sell, I can prospect. And so when I took off stuff like dealing with emails and following up and little things that didn't have to be Stephanie centric, uh, I mean, we took off all the follow-up. I, I stopped doing any follow-up with people. All I ran were sales appointments and lead generation strategies. And we were close and then fulfillment too. Um, cause it was coaching and training, right? So I had to do the fulfillment. Um, but once we took off those major ones, and there was a couple other things we took off my plate too, but it was all the things that were just kind of like draining my time and my energy that kept me from being able to consistently be in that hundred K range. I think there's a, an important distinction here that you're making this uh, startup nation. It's not just your time, the things that are draining your time. Maybe you say, Hey, I have plenty of time right now. So it's okay for me to do all these things, but is it draining your energy as well? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, you're giving a little bit of energy to emails. You're giving a little bit of energy to posting content, a little bit of energy over here. Well, if you put all that energy output together and focused it just on sales and marketing, that's what Stephanie's saying. You're going to bring in more revenue for your business. You're going to hit your goals faster. Is that correct, Stephanie? It is spot on. One of my favorite things to tell people is we've been told a lie. Time is not your greatest asset, right? We, we all know money is not your greatest asset, <clears throat> but time is not your greatest asset either. Energy is your greatest asset because we've all had time. We've had an evening that we were just drained and exhausted and we couldn't do anything. So time is no longer, you have to protect your energy. And that is the most important thing for you to watch. What is draining you? What cut the clients that are, that are, that are killing you? 
Um, uh, you have a client that every time they call, you cry. Like you need to stop working with <laughs> or, that client. Or, or they cry. <laughs> right, one or the other. Like that's not a good energy exchange. Um, doing the follow-up, just making calls and sending emails. Hey, by the way, did you want to talk about sales? Hey, by the way, did you want to talk about sales? That was killing me. That was draining me. I did not enjoy that. Once I got on the phone with someone who wanted to talk sales, I had a blast. But doing the follow like, so I tell people run the energy advantage. What is giving you energy and what's generating it your revenue? And those are the things that you prioritize and everything else comes off your plate. That is such a clear way to look at it. What's generating your energy, Startup Nation? Focus on only that and then delegate out everything else. Brilliant. All right. We're speaking with the Stephanie Scheller. Com. That's where you can find her. And Stephanie, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't okay. overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I am so ready. Let's go. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? The impact. What's your least favorite thing? The, I don't have no idea. Um, my least favorite thing about being an entrepreneur is the hustle mentality. The hustle mm. mentality. Got it. Now, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? (laughs) When we talked yesterday, I mentioned I'm a recovering control freak. This is my ongoing um, (laughs) embrace the challenge moment. Uh, I'm working very hard to let go of that need to control everything and to let my team run and be their, their amazing selves. Funny, you're on, you know, the line here with a coach who specializes with little, working with little control freaks like me. So yeah, got it. What are you most afraid of? That I will let down my team, the people that matter most to me, that I will let them down. Yeah, I get that. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? <laughs> um. I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind is playing the violin, but I had a lot of fun. So I feel like it probably wasn't too much time, <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll go with that. I spent way too much time playing on the violin. <laughs> what secret fear do you have about people? Oh, that they are going to see me as I see me instead of as they see me. And how do you see you? I'm working through a lot of this, but I have had a lot of, um, uh, uh, Dang it. I forgot the term, but where I see myself like as a fraud or as a this, or as a, you know, uh, I'm not living up. Right. And I mm. deal with that weekly, daily of, um, you're not good enough. The imposter syndrome. Yes. Right. Um, that they'll see all the things I'm not doing as well as everyone else. And how much energy does that take from you? Oh gosh, sucks so much. So I'm working on it. Cause it's not a good <laughs> use of my energy. <laughs> Stephanie, if I could do some tough love and this is for you, startup nation, there's no such thing as I'm working on it. I hear that from all my clients. There's no such thing. I'm working on it just simply means that you're will, unwilling to ask for help. I'm, I'm working on it doesn't actually work. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be dealing with it five years later, 10 years later, 30 years later, regardless of whatever that thing is in your life. So Stephanie, that's for you, but that's also a gift for Startup Nation. There is no I'm not working on it. When you take that out of the, your vocabulary and you just say, what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Something or nothing. And just get clear about that. Okay, I'm not ready to do something yet. I'm not ready to take action. Okay, there you go. You you know, but at least you're looking at what's so. So thank you for letting me just speak to my nation out there because they all get stuck in that, right? All right. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? I wish I had learned to 
put myself and the people that I work with inside their zones of genius to prioritize putting mm. myself and the people I work with inside their zones of genius. Sooner. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What's a new habit you want to create? I want to get into going for a half hour walk every evening. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm up to a half hour walk four times a week. So we're there you go. Here. Progress. What's right? a bad, what's a bad habit you want to break? Sitting on the couch on my lunch break, watching stupid TV shows. <laughs> when you can be prospecting. Come on. No, no, no. When I could be doing something <laughs> enriching for my brain. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Pick three words to describe who you are now. I am energetic. I am caring and I am knowledgeable. I agree. Pick three words to describe who you were before or your first year in your business. High intensity. Brutal. And laser focused. <laughs> Spoken like a true control freak. Yes. <laughs> and last question. If you could come back to life after you died, Stephanie... Look your family and friends, your husband in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about everything, life, business, all of it. What would you say to them? Life is about the journey, so enjoy it. Amen. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first six figures this, this year? I think one of the most valuable arenas of study that I made was in the realm of human psychology, understanding how humans think, how we think, how I think, because once I learned that I learned to be a better boss for myself. And I think, especially in the first 100 K you are the person you're managing most. And we can be very brutal on ourselves. And I created a lot of my own problems that took me years to be ready to even recognize that they existed. And so take some time to understand how the human brain works. It will serve you so well. Amen to that. And where does Startup Nation go find you? What do you got for them? I know you got a marketing thing. What do you got for them? Yeah, so if they want to go to uh, to thestephanieshiller.com, we have a whole bunch of stuff on there about the psychology of business. We have talking about uh, man how to manage people, how to manage sales. Uh, we do have marketing, even though I said don't mess your waste your time with marketing. Well, there. well, I think to clarify, you were saying don't replace sales with marketing. Yes, I think that you're right. That's probably a much better way to frame that. Um, together, those things are an absolute powerhouse. But if you only do marketing you're going to struggle. You can survive on only doing sales. It's harder than it needs to be, but you cannot survive just only doing marketing. Um, but we do have info about marketing. You can find me on social media. I hang out on Facebook way too much. Um, and, uh, and I'm on LinkedIn, although I, I don't hang out there as much as I probably should. So there you got, go. Got it. And, and your sales training company, growdisrupt.com, right? Yes. Yeah, so the sales training turned into events. So we now host nice. uh, events as a whole. So it shifted. I had this whole, oh, you know, I don't think I want to be a sales trainer for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. That was part of the story we didn't get into. That was a couple of years after. And so now we host events where we bring in speakers and they're pretty spectacular. I have a blast doing those. That's awesome. Feeds your energy. All yep. right, Stephanie Shella, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. 
When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.